Video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch when you want to watch it. Hello, my name's Justin McClure, and I'm here today with... Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast, where we go through all this week's new Blu-rays and DVD. And oh, yeah. this week... Are you sticking with Hell Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Did I do that last week? I, I thought I did a did. Yeah, you, Buddy last yeah, week. Yeah, Yeah, Buddy. <laughs> uh, or you should, could be like Mark docking in yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I gotta think of... Sorry, my, I'm getting, you know, they're getting stale. I gotta think of some new ones. <laughs> Booyah. <laughs> Booyah, Kasha. Oh, God. Jesus. I like reality television. Like It's like a Simpson, uh, you know, uh, chalk yeah, ad. Yeah, yeah. It's like something new every time. Maybe it could be, you know, topical. You know, Maybe. Like, Biden's got COVID. <laughs> so let's start off the pile with Arrow. And they have a new release that is a new film. A new which... movie. Remember how, what, last week we were talking about how the new movies don't sell? <laughs> Guess what? Am I the only one who bought this film? Uh, one other person did, I think. Okay, yeah, that's not one so other, bad. One other person. What is this film? This is The Sacred Spirit, and it is one of those weirdo festival movies. <laughs> uh, this one is from a Spanish writer-director. It's a slow cinema film, and when you'll watch it, you'll be like, I don't really know what it's about. Ooh. It's like... You know what? Slow, this is it's slow cinema. Yeah, it see, is slow I, cinema. See, I was balking a bit at this one. I'm surprised was... that you were like looking for another one. You this know, is Mark all interesting. over. You know what? It, it looks like for sure it would be something up my alley, but maybe I've just seen so many movies that seem to be up my alley lately, like new movies that just don't do it for me. That I felt like this was going to be another one of those, but I clearly made the wrong choice. Did you read the back of this? It's I like did. Yeah, a I missing the girl, a community uh, in shock, and like you don't even really know what the film is about for the first hour okay, and it keeps okay. going all these characters very uh, indie picks release style see if you told me slow cinema at all I would have been like ooh sure yeah immediately and it's good but I know it won't be everyone's cup of tea but if you look on Letterboxd there's like everyone raving about it I don't think it played that many festivals yeah I'd never heard of it before Arrow picked it up on Letterboxd so. it's mostly reviews in Spanish that I see oh, okay interesting so this may be the first time that it's kind of getting out there I saw somebody compare it to I want to say like I always get the name's confused. Not the guy who did A Taste of Cherry, the one who did Leningrad Cowboys. Oh, Korsmaki. Korsmaki. Who they reference on the back here, I think. Oh, do they say his name on the back? Don't they say The X-Files meets Aki Korsmaki or something? Yep, and that is correct. Oh, Ken Loach. Ken Loach. okay. See, that intrigued me a bit, because I'm a diehard X-Files fan, and yeah, I like Aki Korsmaki. I do, yeah. Uh, I can't say I'm a aficionado. I think I've only seen a Mm -hmm. couple, so I I haven't seen it as much as I should, but yeah, I like his style i don't know i don't know what it was that there was just something about this that i'm like oh, i feel like this is just going to be disappointing but you know what if indie picks had put this out i'd probably be you would have like, been on it all over it oh it's like arrow puts it out oh it's too big now you know but they put out such small films with their new film and, and you know, you know what? what that's why they don't keep putting them out because the people I like know. you and you're right because i thought back afterwards of some of the other new Arrow movies we talked about. And I've actually liked like a good amount of them. Like Jesus Shows You the Way to the Highway I liked. That uh, Shane Carruth starring one was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Well, they still went all out. This has the feature, a bunch of new video essays, an interview with the writer-director, four behind-the-scenes featurettes, a series of six location reports about the making of the film. I mean, Whoa. come on. And then it has a second disc uh, called Domestic sci-fi, the short film of the writer-director, uh, 
I don't know why I can't say it, writer-director, <laughs> uh, Shema Garcia Ibarra, that won tons of awards over the yeah. last decades. Like, it was a Sundance Film Festival Award winner, his film The Attack of the Robots from Nebula 5 from 2008. Wow. A Berlin International Festival Award winner, yeah. Buenos Aires International Festival Independent Cinema Award winner. You could have watched this, Mark. Yeah. I literally yeah, went... you're selling me on this. You're selling me on I this. I literally went on your letterbox to be like, did Mark watch this? No, he didn't watch Sorry, it. Sorry, yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know what it was. I was just like, there were other things that were speaking to me more this week, and I don't know why I didn't go for this, but I will check this out. Well, I did see that Mark rewatched again a little film that I know that me and him enjoy quite a bit, The Last Broadcast. Quite a bit. And you know, this is a this is the first North American release from 101 Films, which is a UK label. Not to be confused with 88 films, which I always used to get too confused. I got confused very much by I those two. I was so confused. But 88 films, you know, they've already <laughs> oh, made the jump to the, the U.S. I know. 101 films, they've just been U.K. only until recently. And you know what? I bought this release from the UK. I imported it you from the UK. You I never do that. I never do that. I literally only do it because I love the last broadcast. That's the film we're talking about. I saw it was coming out. It said limited edition. I'm like, ah, oh, 101 films. They're, they're not going to come to the US. They don't have distribution here. I'm like, this is a beautiful edition. I'm going to grab it. It was region free. Perfect. Probably came to about 50 bucks after. <laughs> like, Oh, and what cheap. is this? $27 here at Base Street Video. And then, in you the know, same nice box. Le- less than a year later. It came out in the uk like december last year less than a year it's here and i thought when we were ordering i'm like oh it's gonna be a little like slimmer like cheaper looking no it's exactly the same thing that i bought i love this movie so i don't regret it that much and he bought the new one too right i do i got copies (laughs) coming out my ears (laughs) so 101 films mark was saying that they have a little bit of uh you know uh bad reputation lately with some terrible transfers i guess i was just aware of them as a company and i thought they were like pretty good or whatever mm-hmm. but i thought then, so too yeah so i don't own anything they've put out though me neither and this was well, the first release yes obviously and i bought it and it was great and i did check it out again looks great but again this is like a 90s shot on dv movies yeah. so, or shot on video movies so you know it, in terms of transfer there's only so much you can do but they got some good features and everything they got a nice booklet with some essays in it Apparently, they're not the best company, though, according to forums on Blu-ray posts. And forums. The, their releases are not always the greatest. And what really clued me into this was they actually recently recently released Johnny Mnemonic mm-hmm. in the UK um, in a big, not the black and white cut that is coming out in the US <laughs> soon, <laughs> which... I'm excited I'm to check a, out. Listen, but, you know, I'm going to buy it. I'm like, buy well, what it. am yeah, I saying? I, we're going to talk about it at length on here, so we'll get to that. But they, uh, 101 Films did a big, like, box set of Johnny Mnemonic. It was in a beautiful, like, hard case art thing. And I was so tempted. I'm like, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to buy it again. This was before this was coming out, so I didn't. I held off because I knew how expensive it was going to be. And I'm like, ah, oh, maybe just wait and see if people have reviews. Reviews came out. Apparently, the transfer is terrible but is that channel saying, 101's uh channel 101 yes yeah, the indie uh website yeah. that dan Harmon used to work for no no fair enough maybe they couldn't get the right the good transfer but people are saying it's like worse than the transfer on like amazon prime or something and it's like 
when you're a boutique, but they sell themselves as a boutique label, though, which is, I think, the problem. Well, I sell myself as a boutique Blu-ray label, too. But you tell people up front if the yeah. transfer's not up to par. Mm. You're, like, pretty... Whereas yeah. these, where a lot of people bought this and expecting, like, a really nice edition, and it looked like crap, and apparently there were just no extras or anything like that. That's they weird, had, no extras. They had, like, art cards in it and that stuff sounds, like that. sounds... Usually, I've learned when there's no extras on the big movies, the yeah. companies don't let them do it. Yeah, so it might not be them, but apparently that led me down a rabbit hole where people were like, oh, other releases are similarly terrible and they're ter- they have terrible customer service and they mm-hmm. never... So, I don't know. If anybody knows more about 101 Films, let us know. 101 Films? You want to my, sponsor the podcast? Yeah, hey. Uh, open arms. My personal experience with them has been great. The I, last broadcast. I got the last broadcast. And it came really fast. I ordered it from the UK. It came like a week later. Great. I also got a DVD of Ghostwatch from them, which um, because... It's also coming out. Also coming out but whatever. It's a DVD. It's fine. This edition's really nice. I took it out finally for the first time. Yeah, like last week. You're like, I got re- it really fast. A week. Put it on my shelf. Yeah, put it on my shelf. Then. And no, I rewatched it and been the first time in probably a decade or so now. And it's still great. Still holds up. I'm a great big, movie. Great Love movie. It. I mean, obviously, this is kind of like credited as the Blair Witch before the Blair Witch, but it's not really that much like the Blair Witch Project. It's more of like a mockumentary mm-hmm. mixed with found footage, mixed with like a sort of. It's like a mockumentary. Without spoiling anything, kind of you know breaks the fourth wall yeah where you suddenly follow the people making the documentary that you were watching and it's supposedly about the jersey devil you don't see no jersey devil people. you don't see no jersey devil and if you're thinking i I will admit i would say the blair witch project is a scarier film Mm -hmm. overall but this movie still what if i like this one better nerving well i'm sure you'd like this better yeah i do blair witch project's always gonna have oh give me a break blair witch project's terrifying Um, blair witch Witch 2 all the way hey i love book of shadows hey i won't i don't like either of them (laughs) in your face wow i remember you you came watching blair witch and being like meh me that's it it's always just been my favorite you know in terms of found footage films so i was there i was the right age too too. i saw it right when it came out not more i didn't see it in theaters or anything but uh the bear wench project also the poly shore (laughs) bogus witch project project. i have a copy of that because i bought it for my dad (laughs) that's truly i rented it when it came out and he thought it was the funniest thing ever Not not the movie, just the idea that there was a movie called The Bogus Witch Project mm. starring Polly Shore. And I bought him a copy as a gag gift once, and he still got it on the shelf somewhere. Wait, so. isn't it one of the scary movie things where they do the snot thing? I mean, they everyone do. was the doing scary, it. Yeah, scary movie did the snot thing. And The Bogus Witch Project, I believe, had snot. There's a lot of snot. Yeah. Scary movie was the big one, though, where it's just like endless mm. amounts of snot coming up. But, but anyways, but, last broadcast. Fantastic. Good movie. Film. I like how there's a commentary from 1999 and also a commentary from 2006. I feel they're like, well, nothing's very much changed yeah, since we made the I movie. Guess so. I mean, it's interesting. These two, so like The Blair Witch Project, it's directed by two guys who both star in it as well. And they also, like The Blair Witch guys, split up after and they never directed anything together again. Hmm. And they only directed, they directed one film each individually, both of which I've seen. And I know you're not a huge fan of one of them, The Ghosts of Edendale. I don't I don't think I've ever seen it. I've oh, only okay. seen people say they hate it. I liked it. So I I've, I've liked their individual films. They're like super they're not found footage. Didn't like that super one have a crazy lo-fi. special edition too, The Ghosts of Edendale? I think so on DVD. And yeah. like a big company put it out too. Warner had the yeah, rights Warner, to it. Yeah. yeah. Um and the other guy made a movie called Head Trauma. Oh, you didn't like we talked time. about we that talked one. About that, yeah. Right? Like a new version came out, I guess, because that's why we I don't know. We have both of those for rental at the hmm. store, so check them out. But um, I would have loved the commentary 
so. in 2021 though if it was like 1999 2006 2020 that's like the before sunshine oh i know right of commentary but so not on here not new, on inter- here. new interview i think yeah uh, in the booklet oh it's a special feature so you technically get one i guess the dvd of this has been out of print for a long time so mm-hmm. just the fact that it's available again is kind of a big deal so uh, i think they probably put it out themselves in 1999 probably got re-released in 2006 did. and yeah, that's it exactly but it's really nice to, and the artwork on this thing you know is that's beautiful. Stephen Arbissette I really oh, like Stephen Arbissette yeah. the guy who did who's most famous for doing Alan Moore Swamp Sing run with Rick Veach nice <laughs> Mark's like, yeah, nice. Yo, I, no I, idea what I'm talking I know, about. I know that name. I definitely know that name. He is yeah. very present in the zine community. He writes okay. like super lengthy articles that are really fun and okay. detailed. He's one of those guys who, I think he became a teacher so he can just like follow his passions and just write like, Lucky. he, for a zine called Monsters, he wrote like a three-part, like basically 150-page essay on a short regional film that I do not like. <laughs> but reading that essay, great stuff. Nice. <laughs> like, I even bought the DVD when a company put it out. I won't, I won't say what it is. Okay. And I remember <laughs> watching the movie and be like, I watched this. I watched it when I read the article. I didn't like it. Why did I buy this DVD? There's no special features. What am I doing? And he does commentaries. That's where you know his name. Oh, okay. Yeah, he did commentary where... for a Deaf Crocodile thing. Right. Yeah, because we. I feel like you bring his name up a lot. So <laughs> Me and my we, good friend, go. Stephen yeah. R. Bissett. There we go. Friend of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, friend Another of the podcast. Of the endless friends of the podcast. He could hear this somehow because he is hey. very active on Facebook and oh. he knows well, dude, people. If you do, I love your artwork on this. Absolutely love it. So next up. Uh, yeah, and he would hear it and he's like, wait, he's referencing the Alan Moore art that I did like 40 years ago? Like, what about new stuff? True fans. Uh, hey, Stephen, I own uh, many of your books, so, you know, very appreciative. Hit me, Hit me up. Even your book on regional filmmaking, and I don't remember what state, but it's like one particular state. Okay. So, next up we have the Necrophiles. New label alert! Do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah, I like that, I like that. There's not that many new labels, though. No, no. I no, mean, no, I guess OCN 101 like, Films is kind of new to the U.S. <laughs> but yeah, this is really a new label called Visual Vengeance. It's not really a new label, is it though, because it's a Wild Eye subsidiary. Oh, oh, you're right. I forgot. Okay, so it's an offshoot of Wild Eye. Yes. But you know what? Wild Eye. <laughs> People will be like, Wild Eye? We, Basically doesn't get Wild Eye, yeah, right, I, nev- I never bring in Wild Eye. <laughs> yeah, you're like, SRS? Come on in, even though it's literally the same And you know stuff. what? I don't know what the difference is, but... SRS stuff sells, and whenever, whenever it's older, I, it's older. Yeah, whenever why. I brought, because I did try a few Wild Eye titles here and there, like the Velocipaster, that was Wild Eye, or some of their Shark stuff, doesn't really sell. And I don't know what the difference mm. is because their covers kind of look the same. Does this uh, one sell when you put it on the shelf? Yeah, this has been doing pretty well. So this is their first foray into kind of cult Blu-rays. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So this is a They've VHS movie, before, which but... I mean, listen, we're hungry for VHS. Hey, I mean... <laughs> We I, don't I, have enough. I was intrigued by this. Uh, and this was a potential blind buy. This almost was a blind buy. Justin kind of, I bought you know, it. Watch put the it kibosh said, on that. Uh, Mark, you will not enjoy this. Which so, I'm surprised by, because I, I feel like I might enjoy this. Why, why Mark saw I, a clip Why that I will I not online? enjoy this? You know why I think you wouldn't enjoy it? Is that it has kind of trauma vibes, and uh, I know you don't like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't like trauma. But, Generally, I don't like So trauma. it's about... I mean, there's not even any really main characters in this where it's about like a rapist at the beginning who gets murdered by cops that will not stop screaming. That's their gimmick. They're always like, (laughs) fuck, fuck, fuck. Uh, A bunch of cultists bring the rapist back to life 
and he comes back as a blue zombie man who has a two foot inch penis that he rapes a bunch of people with. So there's, really wholesome entertainment. Yes, and there's also a flying baby. Which is the scene that I saw that you <laughs> yes. put on Twitter that made me laugh very hard. There's some fun gore. It's 60 minutes. Like, there's 10 minutes of credits to it. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Four title cards, I think, at the end of, like, Aww. full text. <laughs> and I was amused by it. Like, when it comes to this kind of stuff, this is fine. And, like, the package they put together, it has... I do not dare watch Necrophiles 3000, the oh 2017 sequel. Oh, there's a sequel on there. Wow. Uh, there's a making of called Dong of the Dead, a new video chat with the director, some Super 8 short films that the director made, two audio commentaries, one with... Uh, the guy who runs Horror Boobs and someone who r- runs the Druid Underground Film Festival. They should get uh, in contact with Charlie yeah, Roxburgh yeah, and right. Matt Farley. <laughs> and a commentary with the director. So this is I what mean, you would want pretty, from this kind of package. For their first release, it's a pretty decent thing they got going here. And so. when you open up the package, like one of the ge- like gag gifts is there's a fake Necrophiles condom inside. Oh, okay. And I went, okay. and then I watched the movie oh, and I was I like, yeah. oh no. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, I know we're both excited for their next release, which we won't say, but we'll hint at probably talking I about I mean, soon. it's on the list. So, like, yeah, it's coming up soon, right? Isn't it supposed to be next week? Supposed to be, but <laughs> oh, we don't okay. have it yet, so I don't know. So it may not be next week, it may be yeah, the week after. Yeah, weeks, but they're putting out something very enticing, which Justin has a lot of experience with. Yes, I do. So next up we have Memoria. Wait a minute, this film was never supposed <laughs> to come to We're not allowed media. to talk about this. <laughs> don't tell anybody we have it. This is the Apichapong Weirasakul movie starring Tilda Swinton. I hear they so, yeah. rip off a little bit of impossible horror in this looking for a sound. Yeah, I guess they do, I guess they do. Yeah, so so you are correct that this is not supposed to exist on physical media in North America, but luckily we got Australian releases and <laughs> the company well, it's Neon who reps it in yeah. North America was like, it's never going to physical media. Yeah. Literally that week it's like, oh it's online. <laughs> Somebody uh, uploaded a screen. Yeah, I know, right? And then it's like they did their well, it's only touring, it's gonna play in one theater at a time. And then like, they're like, ah, screw that. But now it seems to be playing all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know. For all I know, this could probably come out in on physical at some point here but uh madman films in the u uh in sorry in the australia that we get some of their stuff they got the rights to it and they put it out and you know it was one of last year's most acclaimed films it was my personal favorite movie mm-hmm. of last year i love a pitch of pong and i this is probably one of my favorites of i hear it's I a really little like scary it. with those loud noises <laughs> the sound design is it, great for I, I love the sound jumped in it. a little too easily. Did you? Did you ju- you've seen this, right? Yeah, a long yeah. time ago. When it played um, TIFF. TIFF. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I saw it at TIFF too. The Cinesphere! I didn't see it. I saw it at press screening, so I'm kind of jealous because I would have liked to see it at the Cinesphere because it is that kind of like big screen, big sound movie that you wouldn't necessarily think. Uh, just gorgeous. I just love it. And I love that it's on Blu-ray. Fortunately, there are no extras on this. Not a single I don't extra. think a pitch of pong so, uh, probably wants to jump into that. But. Yeah, so it's basically just the movie, but it's pretty reasonably priced, and it's here. So get it before, please buy it before, you know, a North American company announces it, and then I can't send these back or something. Like the uh, Mounties bust in and, like, rip it off the shelves. Yeah, hey, nobody like... said any. I put it all over our social media. Nobody said anything, <laughs> so. Next up, we have Drive My Car. This is a film that is directed by that guy everybody likes. Right. 
Yusuke Hamaguchi. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I thought this was a shoplifter guy. It's not. No, it's the other one no, who just won't Korea. stop making movies. The other one. The other Japanese film. He just keeps <laughs> making movies. Like, didn't he do that, like, two-parter a little while so, back? So, yeah, he had two movies last year, Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy, which I haven't seen. But this was, the obviously, the more acclaimed one. It won the best foreign film Oscar. Everybody loved Drive My Car. Uh, too popular. Did you, <laughs> I haven't seen did you like it? <laughs> no. oh, you haven't seen it? I haven't you put seen this it. on the list. I thought you had something to say about oh, it. Oh, I don't think I put that on the list. I didn't put it on the list. Oh. Oh, uh, oh sorry. I don't need to have a contrarian opinion because Mark's right here for and me. And you know what? I have a bit of a contrarian <laughs> opinion on this. I, uh, we need a sound effect <laughs> no, when Mark has a contrarian. Okay. It's just that buzzkill sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we, we like used to have a donkey we and we used to have the wah wah. Yeah, yeah. And the Willis watch has turned into an ambulance <laughs> siren. <laughs> Um, you know what? No, I'm, I drive my car. I did enjoy, but I just didn't like it as much as like everybody a fart else did. Sound, uh, maybe like blowing. Like, what, how do you? What is the sound of a hot air? Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> you pull hot air. You know what? I think the thing with this movie for me is like I don't know why it has to be three hours long. Yeah, that's and, the usual. And I'm argument. like a big slow cinema fan as you all not know. that hey, slow I'll watch Sai Ming Liang make a three hour film where somebody where he just a guy just walks down a street so for if you had hours. seen this movie but and this you movie... hadn't read any reviews mm-hmm. and it just played randomly at a film festival yeah. you would have probably been like I love it it's great I don't know I, I think I would have I no, I, I fully, I liked it, mm-hmm. but I just didn't like, pe- you know, this was most people's favorite movie of the year last year. Maybe not most people, but a lot of people thought this was their favorite movie of the year. And I, I don't know, I, I saw it fairly early on and I just thought it was nice. But like for the story, I guess I was exper- expecting it to be a little more experimental or abstract. And it's just like, it's pretty like pure narrative, but I don't know if it has enough going on for me thematically for it to run three hours. And I'm just like... I don't know. I feel like you could shave off a good hour of the movie and it'd be the same thing. First off, I don't drive, which you think I would love this movie. But yeah. two, I don't own a car. So how are they driving my car? Insulted, can't watch it. But there Boom. you go. Hey, I'm not on board with that. <laughs> One day I'll wake up and go, eh, I got to watch all those arty Japanese films that are really popular. You know what? That's the one thing like I never reach for never those. Do, like the big arty Japanese yeah. films that everybody loves. Yeah. Because I'm like, eh, everybody already loves. I'm a real Mark. One of the rare things that I'm a Mark That's the at. thing, eh? Not art. I love well, I art. House, like little ones. It. Yeah. It's it, it, the weird thing is, is that like it's so popular yeah. that I'm like, I, I, I almost want to be like, why don't you guys watch other films too? Yeah. Like, why? Why? Why is the like I've I talked agree. about on other podcasts? Like, I'm a little bit like scared of like even talking about Japanese media because it's so popular, and yeah. I'm like, I don't know that much about any of it. So. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I w- I should say that this is the only Hamaguchi film I've seen, so I am by no means an expert on him. You watch the ones that the Criterion didn't put out and you'd be like, this is the great well, one. Well, I remember when Happy Hour came out yeah. and everybody was talking about that. I really wanted to see that and I just haven't caught up with it yet. But so. I gotta say, uh, recently I've become a manga guy. Love oh, manga. Yeah. Only sports manga. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you told me. Sports manga. Yeah, love thing. sports manga. So yeah, if everybody wants to know, that. I'm reading the one about volleyball. Mm, two thumbs up. Great. Got myself volleyball. some slam dunk. The baseball one. And even just today, I was watching a South Korean film about baseball that came out in 2002. It oh, yeah. stars the guy from Parasite. Okay. Uh, okay. Very fun. It's called like YMCA Baseball. It's about the first baseball league in cool. South Korea. I like that. I love sports movies. I, I mean, like I'm a big sports media. movie guy. I even asked a friend who's really into Japanese stuff. He does translations on Japanese movies that aren't subtitled. And I was like, <laughs> hey, what are some Japanese baseball movies? He's like, I don't know. And I'm like, I need Japanese baseball <laughs> movies. There's not enough. I don't want to watch... Um, 
what's the Tom Selleck one where he goes and plays for Japan? Oh, uh, Mr. Baseball. Mr. Baseball. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, it's Mr. Baseball. So next up, we have Devil in a Blue Dress. This is the Carl Franklin film based on the book by Walter Mosley starring Denzel Washington. I watched this one a few months ago. It's fun. Yeah, I actually watched this for the first time this week, too, um, because I'm a huge fan of the other Denzel Carl Franklin collaboration, Out of Time. Never seen it. it. Really good, like, Florida thriller. Dean Cain's in it. You know, good stuff. <laughs> good man, For Dean Cain. Yeah, I know. For some reason, I'd never seen this. Always wanted to. Uh, but, yeah, I popped it in this week. And, yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was definitely, like, very much a classical, like a classic Hollywood film. Um, and it feels like a 90s Hollywood film, too. But I think, yeah, in terms of, like, centering a black character in film noir, which isn't done very often at all, it's really successful. And Denzel is just on fire in this. You, I'm not familiar with the books that much, but you... Yeah, I've read, read a few. You've They're good. Are they good? Is it a good translation of the books? Or, I, I, or an adaptation? I, yeah, it is. It's weird because it's an early... I think it's the first book. Uh, people are going to yell at me that I'm wrong. But it feels <laughs> like, yeah, because he's not a detective yet. No, and he's, he's not. he's kind of he's, getting into because he becomes a, a detective later XGI, on. yeah. And so he sometimes feels out of control of the situation he's in, mm-hmm. which I expected it to be more like, you know, Denzel so charismatic. Yeah, he's always in right. control. That's not really what this movie is. No. And I will say, yeah, it didn't necessarily go anywhere I didn't expect it mm-hmm. to go, but it's just it is done really well and yeah Carl Franklin yeah for a while there in the 90s he was just like on top of his game you know now he just does TV mostly I thought he had passed away maybe I'm thinking of someone else he's still around wow and he he doesn't do movies anymore that's a bummer for the last like I want to say two decades well like out of time was like 2003 or something I think since then he's made one or two do you think he and the guy who directed The Last Seduction get together and they're like maybe we'll make a a movie one day well I think he just from what I've heard because talked about him with other people i think he's just a fan of working in tv he just like works some on people TV. like working like, he tv works on my he directed mindhunter episodes like he does netflix shows uh network shows hbo shows some people like, like it because you just work and you're always working yeah. you always have kind of like a family of people oh, yeah. that you, and you work look with. at his credits over the last 10 yeah. years tons of tv episodes but so. here's the problem TV doesn't last. No doesn't one remembers last, TV. It just disappears down the drain. of. It's like but, theater in a way. I'm sure it's very fun to work in theater. I've done directed a play before, kind of. And I've acted in things. And it's fun in the moment, but then it's like it's gone. It's in, in the ether. Movies, though. They're Movies. Forever. Yeah, they're forever. <laughs> forever. Cinema is forever. But, you know, Carl Franklin seems to be having a moment right now. Mm. One False Move is playing, like, a lot at rep theaters, and I feel it's like... It's on the Neo-Noir box set that just Neo-Noir came out? It's on the Neo-Noir set, and I think Criterion hinted about putting it out at one <clears> point. I, interesting. I'm going to stand by that. Yeah, they did. It was in yeah, their picture. It was in their picture, right? Um, and, yeah, if you haven't seen Out of Time either, check that out. Oh, and, you know what? I'll the, check it out of time. That's, that's a lazy weekend watch. It's, it's great. It's way more fun than you'd expect it to that be. That cover's so early 2000s generic, yeah. though. Him just, like, I think he has oh, a gun, and he's wearing, like, a Hawaiian shirt on the cover. Well, uh, MVD put it out on Blu-ray. Interesting. It was one of the early MVD, like, marquee collections. Mm-hmm. And they actually have, like, good features on it. Uh, from the DVD. Because that was the pro-DVD pa- yeah, uh, era. Probably just from the DVD. But reasonably priced. We have it in stock. So, yeah. Next up, it. we have Richard Wright's Native Son, a film by Pierre Chenal. Yeah, and this speaking is, of black film noir, this is a good segue. It's our blind buy, too. Woo, 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 woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah So this is the one. This is I the chose. one out of the three that we could have picked. That Mark's like, let's watch Na- well, hey, Native I, Son. I was down for Necrophiles, and, and you, I said you no. Said no, and then you offered Sacred Spirit, and I don't know why this just caught my eye this week. Um, <laughs> you love painted posters. I do, and you know what? I'm not even a film noir guy, really. But something about this. You're not a film noir guy. 
I'm okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I like okay. film, but I'm not a, like a film noir head. No, this you're is, not. And I mean, this is very like lost film noir. I was thinking about that recently. That like people who buy those noir box sets, yeah, like five out of six of those movies are often not that good. Hey, uh, and like, it, when, it doesn't matter. It well, doesn't matter. That, but that's what I'm saying. Is like, do they ever go like, why am I, why yeah, am, am I spending I this money? My life? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you know what? Then this comes out, and nobody's really been buying. But this, this movie's I good. I'm so surprised. <laughs> like, it's good. I brought in so many copies of this because this is like a Kino restoration for the Library of Congress. And it's a, it's a, an incomplete film too that they rebuilt yeah, from they, a 16 millimeter and 35 millimeter print. this was lost for mm. years and they found a print of it in like a, in like a warehouse somewhere mm. basically like what they usually but do. But you know what? If it had come out on Film Foundation you would have sold way more copies. Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, this film uh, really interesting. So it's um, based on the book by Richard Wright who is a pretty famous black American author. Of course. Neither me or Mark has read any of his work. I the book. I was aware of the book. <laughs> okay. I've not read it. But the fascinating thing about this film is he stars in it. So he wrote this and stars in it. And apparently the book was a huge hit in America and he got offered by all the studios at the time to make it into a movie. But, but they, they would have didn't. not followed the book's plot. Well, they said they wanted to cast white, uh, first what? white actors, but then basically like a minority actor, like Italian or Greek, but not be that about is the black experience. Completely which is like, against but the, the meaning of the book movie. is about the black American yeah. experience. So he refused them all. He was living in Paris at the time with like Jean-Paul Sartre and everything. Yeah. And eventually he took an offer from the director of this, Pierre Chanel, who's a, a Belgian director. And they shot it on the cheap in Argentina. It doesn't look cheap, though. No, it doesn't look cheap. I thought, it, but they keep, they said it was on the cheap. Mm-hmm. So. It looks pretty good, though. But the story basically is, so Richard Wright plays Bigger... Bigger Thomas. Bigger Thomas. Anyways, he plays a 20-something black man who lives in, like, a poverty-stricken neighborhood in Chicago. Takes a job as a chauffeur to a rich white family. Has to chauffeur around the daughter. And basically gets in a situation where he... Someone ends involved. up dead. Somebody ends up dead. He's trying to cover it up, kind of gets implicated, and it kind of goes from there. But the interesting thing about this, and I guess what caused him a lot of flack at the time, was that, I guess, uh, a lot of black authors, like apparently James Baldwin even had a problem with the character in this, in that he embodies like a lot of the negative stereotypes that yeah. people assume. But the whole like, point, I mean, whole, I, I, I read the Wikipedia article <laughs> after watching the movie. I did too, I did too. Where, like he said, like the whole point was him to realize that it's the system that is making the character that way and that's a realization he needs exactly, to make. Exactly. Because right? Richard Wright was a big communist. That he like was, systems yeah. are what is actually making people, not necessarily their indiv- individual actions, yeah, etc. Exactly. So, I thought this was pretty fascinating. Yeah, I thought it was um, good. I mean, people talk about how he's like a terrible actor. He's fine. I thought he was fine, though. Yeah. I don't know. I, I thought he was okay. So he took like, the role supposedly because the guy that was supposed to play the role got stuck in another country due to the visa issue. Right. And the production was going to be shut down. And then I don't know why they couldn't find another actor to take the role or maybe someone it. dedicated. So he does it. But I don't mind. I think it like gives it an interesting dynamic that he acts in this as well. Yeah, it looks pretty great. I... I don't know, and I was pretty riveted the whole way through. Do you know this director at all? I no, like and I was looking at his he has credits, a lot of credits, but does, Native yeah. Son is actually the first one, which is surprising considering that it's like a lost noir yeah. and doesn't get watched that much. So I'm curious to watch more of his films. the only English language film he made, too. His stuff may not be translated, but hey, this hey, guy's French, so I could probably uh, watch a few of them if I could find them. So, would you recommend this? Yes, I absolutely. would, for sure. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely the kind of thing, you know, if you're a cinephile, you seek out. <laughs> if you're um, buying those $150 noir box hey, sets. you've got to buy this. It's twenty three ninety five. It's like, 
I mean, yeah, it doesn't come with extras or anything. That's but it's got, weird it doesn't come it's with extras. It's got a 32-page book. Isn't yeah. it weird? Usually when they're, and we've talked about this before, when it's a very, like, region-specific or mm. about, they're like, ah, oh, man, white people can't really talk about this, right? Do we know anyone? No? Okay. No, like, it's weird. That's, there's, yeah. there's no extras on this. Not a single one. I guess it was kind of like this when we were talking about the Olive Trees That's what I was thinking was of. The same thing. Like, yeah, it's like, nobody anybody. really wants to, you know, yeah, like, they're aware films. that, you know, it shouldn't be a yeah. white scholar talking about it. Of course. But their answer to that is like, well, we can't get somebody to do a commentary or even an on-screen interview or an essay. It's like, you couldn't? Like, you couldn't I feel like anybody, you could go out there. Not a single person. That may, you know, if you flip it over and like me and I'm like, hmm, no commentary, nobody cared enough. So, exactly. But that's not necessarily true. It's maybe, listen, I don't know what's going well, on at Kino. They pump out so many discs. Maybe they, they have do. a mandate. That's the problem. They got too much. They got too much. If you're going to buy Devil in a Blue Dress this week. You should buy Native Son You should Sun buy Native well. Son too. Because Devil in a Blue Dress is referencing the kind of movies that Native Son And Native is, Son so. has been adapted two more times. Did you? I saw that. There's a new film version, like a modern But there's one in 86, version. too, that was kind oh, of stomped I didn't down. Know. Didn't know and, that. I mean, Matt Dillon's in it. No way. Yeah, only ever released no in VHS. And it's and called Native Son. It's too? called Native Son, okay. yeah. I think it's 1986, and then there was a new version that was, like, done by, like, a fashion guy or maybe a, yeah, a visual so artist. I totally miss it. Apparently played at Sundance, like, three years but ago. But supposedly from then... every review I read, they're like, it misses the point of the movie. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, they tried too hard to modernize mm-hmm. it, maybe to its detriment. But I'm, I'm a little intrigued just oh, to check I it out. I heard they took, like, the communist angle out of it, did, which is like, well, yeah. that's the whole point of the story. So, yeah. All right, moving on, you know, from you know, socially <laughs> so, revelant. Uh, so one keynote release to, to another, another keynote. keynote release. We have Steel Justice. But that's S-T-E-E-L-E Justice. Because the guy's name is Steel. This could have been our blind buy this week, too. Yeah, I ne- I've never heard of this. I have either. never heard of this either. So the weird thing about this is Kino did put this out on Blu-ray, like, five years ago. Huh. And nobody bought it. Like, we sold maybe one or two copies. Now they've put it out again as a special edition. It's that magic of a commentary. And it's that slipcover, I think, because it didn't have a slipcover oh the God. first time. And now it's like selling all like crazy. Hmm. All right. Uh, well, so this movie. Is it st- good? Did you know you what? I, I mean, I don't know if this makes a big deal, but Martin Cove's big now. He's on that Netflix Karate Kid TV show. Right, and he co-stars in right. it. I didn't even know he realized he starred in this, even though his name's all over it when I bought it. I'm just like, 80s action film I've never heard of. People I know on Letterboxd seem to like it. It looks like fun. Let's give it a try. It's fun. It's very goofy in like a fun way. It's actually a, a writer who directed it. Like his main credits are writing. Uh, he wrote like Electric Glide in Blue. You ever see that movie? I've never seen that. No, it's very good. Got, it's coming out again from Kino. So. And awesome. there's a lot of like writerly ideas that he can't quite execute. But they're like, there's a Vietnam scene at the beginning and like they go into a cave and there's like rats with grenades on them. And they're like, no. <laughs> he carries a snake around with him all the time. He's like, it's called Three Sticks. You get a bit by it, you'll be dead in three steps. <laughs> that pay off at funny. the end of the movie, even though you've forgotten? It does! Yeah! Um, and okay, yeah, okay. It's, it's filled with that kind of 80s goofy stuff. And Martin Cove is like such a dad bod guy in the movie. Like, he's constantly shirtless, but he's not all ripped or anything. He's like, okay. it's your dad. He works out like twice a week. Okay, so, okay. Really fun. There's a fun scene where the main character's girlfriend is like directing a music video. Mm. And you see, like, the music video being shot. And that music is the music of the montage. So the intercutting was, like, him, like, gearing up and ready to go. And then he crashes the music video. And they have a gunfight on the oh, set of the music video. Nice. And he gets stuck by a, a dart that's poison. And he's like, oh, poison dart. He runs, crashes through a window into a kitchen so he can take a hot plate and, like, put it against his arm. Like, oh. 
Well, that sounds like fun. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, sure. it, it's one of those like, oh, wow, there's still 80s action movies I have not seen That's or heard about. Yeah, that was what intrigued me of like, how have I never heard of this before or anything? But this looks fun. Yeah, you don't recruit John Steele. You unleash him. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> That's uh, Ronnie Cox's role in the film. He plays like the um, commander or whatever, captain of the cops. And he keeps saying like, John Steele, we're going to take you out of here. You're going to be thrown in jail. <laughs> and then he turns to his partner. He's like, I'm just rallying him up so then he can go out on his own. <laughs> so next up, we have Terror Circus. Wait a minute. This should have its original title. Barn of the Naked Dead, Ooh, and it does not. It I wonder why not. they went with Terror Circus instead. I don't know. Maybe it, they think that'll sell better, that generic horror movie kind of title. I believe I that when Code Red originally put it out, so this is a Kino Code Red re-release, it did have the uh, Barn oh, okay. of the Naked Dead title. Okay. So this is a film by Alan Rudolph. A guy, yeah. does he have fans? Are people like, I love weird? I think some Breakfast people, of Champions. There's some, uh, well, I mean, I don't think people like Breakfast <laughs> of Champions. I mean, I kind of like Breakfast of Champions. What is the one that um, uh, I think starred like Divine not in drag? Stuff. Oh, uh, no one needs to correct uh, 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 me in the comments. I can just go to IMDb I and check know. it out. I, I'm not an Alan Rudolph head. I've always been intrigued by him, but mm -hmm. I don't think I've seen... I've seen Breakfast of Champions. Because he's a Robert Altman acolyte. That was is. the main he was thing. One of, he was like his protege. And I think people like his early stuff, like Welcome to L.A. What is it? The Moderns people The like. Moderns people really like. I think his last one that people liked was like Afterglow, because I think that got some Oscar noms and stuff. But I think since then, like in the last 20 years, he's been doing a lot of like no budget uh, yeah, I don't think he's been doing no, much. He still makes movies, though. He no one, one likes Terror Circus, though. Barn of the Naked Dead. Do, yeah, is it any good? I, mean, I haven't I was watched it yet. I did purchase it. Like Alan Rudolph, but I guess all these guys made horror movies in the early yeah early days, on, so, where they're like, yeah, I got to pump these out, got to right. put it out. I don't know. Yeah, Alan Rudolph's always a guy that. Oh, Trouble in Mind. That's another one that people like. That's the one like, I'm thinking of. Where Divine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah with, Trouble um, in Mind. Chris Christopherson. That's right. Yeah, kind of like vaguely sci-fi. I got yeah, I want to get into him, but you know, you got to watch the movies though, Mark. I got to watch. I got to. I want to watch. You gonna start with like, Terror Circus? I don't know if I'll start with Terror. No, nah, you don't like those yeah. '70s horror films. I have a Blu-ray of Welcome to L.A. because I just somebody like donated it. I'm like, yeah, I want to see this, and I've just never watched it. But. So next up, we have Men in Black 4K <laughs> Ultra UHD. I have not seen this film since probably the 40 times I watched it when I had it on VHS oh, as a I kid. Know, right? Just endlessly, I watch this movie. Well, I'm here. Me too. Me too. I mean, we all did at are, this age. Are you and here to say it's not good? No, I'm here to say <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, like, of course it is. I, I don't know. I don't know why I put this on. This isn't even the first time it's been on 4K UHD. It's just it's like, a steel it's book. a steelbook. 25th anniversary. But you know what? It's just like... Oh, it's, wait. It's, it's been a summer. while since we've been anti-steelbook. Boo, steelbook. Boo, steelbook. They Boo. Yeah, yeah, they suck. They They're did. falling apart. Why They're do people apart. love them? But you know what? It's like, it's summer, and it just makes me... This is just like the perfect summer movie, you know? Like, I'm going to be one of those old guys. They don't make them like they used to with summer blockbusters. This has just got it all. I revisited this, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago. Oh, holds up so beautifully. Like Oscar-winning performance from Vincent so D'Onofrio, right? Oh, he, <laughs> how did he get overlooked, right? And even Tommy Lee Jones, like, he is on point in this. And, you know, Will Smith is, like, the prime of his, like, Fresh Prince, you know? Where do you stand charm. on Men in Black 2? Hated it. Men in Black 3? Never saw it. I never. Uh, I only saw two. Men in Black three, pretty fun. Is it? Yeah, okay. it okay. is. I was so disappointed by Men in Black two when I was a kid. I, I think I liked Men in Black two when I saw it as a kid. Oddly enough, I never saw Men in Black two in theaters. I saw this in theaters. Weird. And I saw, I saw it, in it like tons of times. It was after. our legal duty as children of yeah. that age to see well, any big Willy picture. I think I saw it in theaters and then at the drive-in too. I saw it twice. What about Wild Wild West? 
I didn't see that in theaters. But, but what I, is your opinion of it is what I'm saying. Don't remember it that much. Oh, okay. I, saw it, I saw it when it came out and was like, eh, it was okay. I mean, it, we were like 12 when it came out or something. What I didn't a, like it as much as this. What that's about for sure. the Wild Wild West song? Loved the Wild Wild West <laughs> yeah. song. You know what was good? You to, know, that's probably why Men in Black 2 didn't work because it didn't have like a banger song. It didn't have a ban- banger song. It didn't. So that's why I would choose. If I had to choose between Wild Wild West and Men in Black 2, I'd probably go Wild Wild we can, West. Wicked Wild Wild West. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's probably. The best. Probably a terrible movie that I... I mean, I, I remember stuff about it, like the gadgets and all that, but I don't remember a lot about if it was funny or not. You know what I remember a lot about Men in Black? The cartoon that used to play yeah. all the time. The which they was weren't fun. allowed to have Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. I know. They were characters that kind of looked like them. Kind of like them, yeah. but not really. Anyways, I don't know. It's just like, this is just one of the perfect summer movies to me. I need to so. revisit Frank the Dog and his uh, hilarious... Yeah. <laughs> That's his Frank, name, right, Frank? Yeah, I think so. I can't so. believe I remember that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because this is just this movie is just a part of our like psyche, you know. So next up we have oh, an old friend of Mark's uh, <laughs> making a odd <laughs> appearance. This is JFK Revisited, the complete and yeah, collection. Before, before you think this is some special edition of you know the 1991 JFK movie, no, this is a brand new documentary. Two that, brand new documentaries. Well, it no, it's two cuts of the same documentary. Oh my God, Oliver Stone, make a decision. So the feature film played at Cannes last year or mm-hmm. something and then he also did like a longer TV version so you get both on here. Uh, Show Factory's putting this out. Uh, I have not seen this yet although you know I'm a bit of an Oliver Stone guy so I am intrigued and my dad is also the biggest JFK obsessive. Is so. he? He is obsessed with JFK. The Do you man, want to point to your dad? The assassination, like all of it. And He's, be like, you know this conspiracy. Look at all those people that just died of the coronavirus. Like, hey, I know. <laughs> that's my, a weird thing. My dad's like, not, Do you know how many Watergate movies are coming a, out this year? Yeah, I know. Like, he's not bananas. a conspiracy theorist, though. He just, there's, he just loves JFK, like the man. And he's obsessed with the assassination. The underground to tunnels. Oh, totally. Marilyn Monroe. He, he loves the Oliver Stone movie. I remember buying. I, mean, I remember buying him the two cassette VHS thing of JFK back in the day. Did you ever go to that famous JFK screening that happened at the Review Cinema? No, I didn't. Okay, so I, Peter Kaplowski only... was telling me the story recently, where they had like a makeup effects guy that lived in Toronto. He worked on X Men. He did okay. stuff like that. Okay. And the screening of JFK, and what the makeup effects guy brought for his introduction was the autopsy body of JFK <laughs> completely realistically. He, he had a sheet. <laughs> like from the movie. <laughs> from the movie. And he said, I did all the research and he pulled the sheet off at the beginning of the screening and JFK is just naked. <laughs> and when the film started. I am so mad I wasn't When there the film started, they did not move the body. What? So for all of JFK. It? That movie's like three hours. Naked dude. JFK schlong out body <laughs> just sat on the stage. Oh, my dad would have been in heaven with that. <laughs> He would have wanted to go up and touch the body after. I mean, did he it have a schlong? So he must have, if they did like an autopsy thing. Well, I have to confirm. I just assume. That's crazy to me. I'm... He thought I was there. He's like, remember when we saw that screening JFK? I was like, I was not there somebody at the JFK need, Somebody should have videotaped that. <laughs> the guy just had the JFK body all that time. <laughs> I can't can you imagine walking in a room and JFK is just propped up I in just, the corner well, naked JFK? I just had an image of this guy just having JFK in his home, like in his basement. What would you do if you were like, Dad, I got you a gift, and it was like a realistic JFK dummy? Imagine just inviting a new friend over and just go down to like, go to the TV room. Oh, don't don't mind my, uh, you know, the JFK, I the dead say, body of JFK. I uh, visited a friend's house in Hamilton. He lived in a gigantic three-story house, and he had clown dolls everywhere. And it was like... Man, after 
my own heart. Human-sized <laughs> clown doll. So you'd walk in the room and go, oh my ah! God. Human size. Yeah, Jesus. it was very scary. He had like a thing that I don't. Someone gave it to him that was like an arcade machine, and all it did was make the clown like dance, and it was like this gigantic thing. Just nightmare fuel. Beautiful. beautiful. I got you. Got to hook me up with that guy. So next up, we have three Steven Soderbergh films. Now I'm at a I'm at a, a crossroads here. Okay. Because these are only released on DVD. Yeah. So this is this is bizarre and right here. I think they may only be released on DVD. Well, this is Soderbergh's HBO Max phase, I guess you can call mm-hmm. it, right? So his last three films, uh, Let Them All Talk, No Sudden Move, and These are Kitty. not all HBO Max films. One They're of not? them is an Amazon all. film. Oh, I believe I they, I that Let Them all, all Talk is an Amazon film. Are you sure? I thought it was HBO Max. Nope. They're okay. Warner Brothers films. Um, okay. Let me look at the back here. They're all Warner Brothers, New Line Cinema. So I guess Warner Brothers owns them, I guess? But yeah, like, they own them. And I know at least... A couple of them played. Have you like, watched per- any of these yet, I Mark? I all three of them. Oh, you did? Wow. I did. I did. Well, I watched... So Let Them All Talk and No Sudden Move, I missed at the time. I made Kim- fun of you. Listen to some back episodes. Kimmy, I watched right when it came out because yeah. that appealed to me more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Gotta say, though... I don't really like any of these movies. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I, know you like, I know you like them. I know you like them. And I understand why you like them. I guess I'm just, maybe I'm just a little off. You're Soderbergh out, man. I'm Soderbergh out. You don't you even know like what? Kimmy? I, I like unpo- Kimmy. Unpopular opinion, you know, when he said he was going to retire. Maybe, oh, how dare maybe you? Maybe he should have how retired. How dare you? Here's my problem with these movies. I don't feel like, what is he doing that he hasn't already done before? No Sudden Move just felt like warmed over, like the noir kind of pastiches that he's done. Oh, I think No Sudden Move is really good because he's also... It's not bad. Like, okay, he's I'll, painting I'll say a picture. that I don't think any of these movies are bad necessarily. They just didn't do anything. Here's my argument I'll make for you. Sure. He doesn't want to make like big genre busting movies anymore. Okay. He did it early on in his career. He won all the Oscars. Yeah. And he said it himself. He's like, I just want to make like 90 minute heist movies. And I want to do the best but, version yeah. but in no my way. But No Sudden Move is like two hours and it's like Oh, so... you didn't like? I watched No, no Sudden Move like twice no in two Sudden weeks. No Sudden Move was my least favorite. Wow. Um, just because... Even Ray Liotta's up there hamming it hey, up. Hey, look, I love the cast. Yeah. It looks beautiful. It's like, all about nothing, the way that like big business always wins. There's nothing wrong with it, but like I just feel like he's done this. Like the inf- It felt like the informant meets out of sight a little meets i don't know it just it just felt like i've seen this movie before but, but it, it's a ride you go on a roller coaster and you're like oh this one's a little bit know. different the it's ride, a lot of fun though the ride didn't do much i would say it was best for me at the beginning when they're like yeah. in the house and everything and then it just kind of lost me let them all talk i know you were like mumblecore soderberg when it came out did i say that yeah you told it me. is it was an improvised movie yeah and i'm like I kind of prefer regular Mumblecore. I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> You're I just, just turning against your god. Mark. Maybe I just don't like Meryl Streep either. Spitting I, in his I, face. I don't really like Meryl Streep. I'll say but that. But you get a great so... performance from Candace Bergen in this movie. Yeah, she's good. I, again, though, it's not. It didn't do anything for me. That mm-hmm. like Kimmy. How much are these? Twenty-eight ninety-five. Oh, that's too expensive. Out. Kimmy was the one I was most disappointed in, maybe because I was. Wait, you said most... you were most disappointed about in No Sudden Move. No, this is the one I liked the least. But this <laughs> oh is the God. one I was most disappointed because I thought I was gonna like this one a lot. Uh-huh. But this just feels like a movie that, and I mean, maybe because it is written by David Kep, it just feels like a script that was like pulled out of like a drawer from the '90s that they're just filming now but and that's trying for, to make. That's for you. That's but for you. You would say that it... as a positive for anyone else. No, and I and you. Well, that's the thing. Usually, I'd be like down, but like again, it didn't do anything that any kind of like rear but you wind. weren't enthralled you didn't enjoy you didn't it, this just felt like any other like rear window type rip uh, sort of thing that how like, dare you compare it to I disturb don't know, you man i 
And the, well, oh, what, you like what bothered me a bit about this? I do like. <laughs> what bothered me a bit about this was everybody talking about how it's like, oh, it's like it, you know, it's such a pandemic movie, and it's like it didn't really feel like a pandemic movie to me. Like just because a few people wear masks when she's outside didn't really. But she's acrophobic too, and she doesn't want to go out. Yeah, because so, of the pandemic. But that's not really a pan. That that could have been like. These are twenty eight ninety five. Yeah, I I want to have a complete Steven Soderbergh collection. Well. This brings me to my next point. Mm. These are only on are DVD. The, we didn't say this at the beginning. Is he ever going to release this box set? And if he does, could he sneak these in there? No. No? Because these the are Warner, Warner Brothers He doesn't thing? own these films. Yeah, I believe he right. owns the rights to the ones that he wants to release. And that's why he would release right, them. Because it's all like Skisopolis and Coffee. Why didn't these come out on Blu-ray? That's the mysterious thing. I don't know. Well, first of all, I didn't know if these were going to come out at all. I didn't think they were going to come out at I all. I thought it was just going to be, they were going to be on streaming and that was that. I was shocked when these got DVD release dates, and they dumped them all at the same time, so it's, like, clearly... But, because, like, Let Them All Talk is from, like, two years ago now, And right? the like, tweet that I shared with you, Steven Soderbergh was like, oh, Out of Sight came out on 4K? Would be yeah, nice if somebody yeah, had told me. Like, he has no idea, right? Yeah. I don't think many people even know these exist because they're, like, DVDs. These right? exist only so, to go to libraries. Yeah, exactly. Like and, for, and these exist for us to have, like, rental copies, mm-hmm. but, like, nobody... I didn't order a bunch of these because, A nobody's really buying and B you can't these are MODs you can't even send these back they're MODs well they're press discs they're not DVD-R's but you can't send them back but they're made on demands yeah how do they make that decision that they're like eh you can't send these back with all their or with most I guess their HBO Max stuff again I don't know if all these are HBO Max but any HBO Max type film they release it's the same you know what I may get them because I don't think they'll get a better release because that happened to his what show. What if they do, though, and you've spent, like, $60 on all that this? That happened to his show, uh, Mosaic. He doesn't do commentaries anymore, though. Well, Mosaic got, like, a Blu-ray, It though, did, and, and a DVD, but they were released simultaneously. Yeah. But he doesn't do commentaries anymore. No, so it's not like true. he's going to do commentaries on these. No. Yeah. They're DVDs! twenty eight ninety five. Like, you couldn't even put them in a set together and make it twenty eight ninety five. <sighs> like, I don't know. Hey, I mean, there are a couple, like, they're little character they're, profiles. I, I can and guarantee you they're five minutes and they're all promotional. Yeah. They're promotional stuff. These are like the kind of DVDs that were released like 20 years ago. That's exactly what they are. Soderbergh, what's going on? I don't think he really cares about the, this stuff like he used to. I nah. think he really used to care about it. And then at a certain point, he's like, nah, I don't, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Maybe just fair. one person at a party is like, why do you do so many special features? He's like, well, you know what? I'm not going to do them at all anymore. <laughs> does Soderbergh have kids? I think he does. I he must. Know. I don't know much about his personal life. No, I just I don't really know. That, I just assume he's like a family man, though. Oh, isn't well, it his I kid guess... in Schizopolis? Yeah, right? Yeah, I believe it yeah. is. No, you're right. Schizopolis is all about that, so. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. That box set's never coming out. Nah. I want that box set. I feel like we talked about that box set like two years ago. Or yeah, something. when you saw at the TIFF screening that I. We talked I, about it way before. The then. biggest Steven Soderbergh fan even in the that. world. I couldn't get a ticket. I didn't have any money. <laughs> like, I couldn't get one. Because you know what the weird thing about that is? Like, I got. I would have t- loved to go to I that. I got a ticket because I got a press ticket, but when I went there, it wasn't even close to being full. But it was sold out. There was it no wasn't way. It was full, though, at all. Like, there were so many empty seats. But were they doing pandemic stuff at that time? I think they there were. There were a lot of people sitting together. Together. I, don't know. I don't know. I was shocked that you weren't there because I, yeah, I love We that talked screen. about it. I it said I couldn't fun. go. If you were a real friend, you would have gone, Justin, you love these three new movies. I, you deserve to see I, this hey, film. I thought that you could have, I thought you had TIFF connections that you could get your worm your way into screenings. Nope. No? No, it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Uh, I wish it did. Sorry. That I was like. Unfortunately, my ticket, I would have transferred it to you. But it was <laughs> I'm under kidding. My name. And <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I had to too, show too I, much. Too I had much. to show ID. Oh, to even yes. go oh. Yeah. I wouldn't want I, I would have been sorry. like, no, 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 Mark. I'm you sorry. enjoy this. <laughs>
So next but I up, did. I enjoyed it quite, quite listen, a lot. Listen, what could have happened? You know, you is, know what I fucked up on though? What? He did a Q and A after, and it was so great. And as soon as I left, I was like, Why didn't I ask him when that box set's coming out? He would have probably been like, Oh, it's coming. He wouldn't have given you a he real answer. Have, yeah. yeah. Do you think that he it was just a great Q and A though? Care? Well, it was funny. The Q and A. Could we DM him on Twitter? Because he is Maybe. on Twitter. He was very self. I mean, obviously self-deprecating. He gave a great. It was one of the better Q and As I've seen recently. He was really cool and just like really. He just seems so like whatever about his success and like. Well, yeah, he can do he that. He just doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, he's just like yeah, I'm just like. He was surprised, like, anybody would even want to see this Kafka re-edit. He's like, I can't well, even believe there's anybody here. They didn't know it was a Kafka re-edit. They thought it was probably hey, a new movie. Not too many walkouts, though. I was expecting more walkouts. You excited about uh, Steven Spielberg coming to do? <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? Is David Lynch coming, too? <laughs> no, he's not. He won't come. No. I'd be excited if David Lynch If he was on stage with? Yeah. I mean, he could advertise tantric care. yoga. I haven't seen a new Steven Spielberg movie in a uh, long time. What What is it called? Uh, the David Lynch, um, you know, you have to pay money to get oh, into TM, it. TM, Transcendental Meditation. Meditation, yeah. yeah. Do you think Steven Spielberg had to do TM to get to David get Lynch David on his movie? Because nah. isn't it that everyone was doing TM that appeared in Twin Peaks of Return? Did they? I think Does they he did. he force that on people? I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I know yeah. he has a school and everything, but and it costs a lot hey, of money I, to I get into swimming upstream. Catching I think a big fish. catching a big fish. It's yeah. Not bad. It's inspirational. So next up, we have wait. Last on the docket here. Oh, sorry. I thought this was Adrian Brody, and I got really excited when I saw that photo on the back. No, <laughs> but you know who that is on the back. Oh yeah, it's you know our guy. Where's his name? Neil McDonough. Oh, he's not even on the he's box cover. He's not even on the box cover. You know, if there's a Neil McDonough movie coming out, I have to talk about it. But do you know about this movie? No. So this is There Are No Saints. And this is a, you know, typical hitman revenge movie about a Mexican hitman named the Jesuit who basically is released from prison and wants to reunite with his wife and kid. But his wife is now dating Neil McDonough, who is like a psycho crime boss. But who he does goes not kiss her. Way over, he doesn't kiss her. <laughs> well, because he's too bad. He's too busy, like berating and abusing her. Oh, OK. He's like a sleazy crime boss so you know he has to go head to head with neil mcdonough ron perlman always also factors in tim roth is in this a bunch of random people paul schrader wrote this movie what and what was, and was gonna make this over a decade ago with oscar isaac in yeah. the lead role it was called the jesuit at the time i remember hearing so about nowadays this. if he was gonna make a movie like this with oscar isaac would be like investors lining up behind the door but 10 years ago 10 years ago this was before oscar isaac was this was like Around Force Drive. Awakens. Around Drive, I okay. think. Yep. And Paul Schrader was not who Paul Schrader is now. This was like Canyons era Paul Schrader. Yeah. And the funding fell through. But then uh, he moved on to the Canyons and the Mexican producers on this finally came back with more money, wanted him to come back. He couldn't do it. So they made it anyway without him based on his script. They made it 10 years ago. This and is now 10 it's just, years this old? This is 10 years old, this movie. <laughs> what? And it's just coming out now. So not only is it was it supposed to be made by Paul, like even this movie as it's made was made 10 years Why ago. did it sit on the shelf for so long? Do you know? Great question. So this movie is, I got to say, more entertaining than you would think. Also super wonky, though, because everybody looks way younger. Wait, it's do you have bizarrely... that experience when you watch older movies that you're like, wow, they look so young but compared weird, to what they it's are? It's weird seeing, like, what's supposed to be a new movie in, like, 2022. Like, we've seen Neil McDonough in a lot lately. Mm -hmm. You watch Neil McDonough in this, he looks way younger than he looks, like, nowadays. <laughs> Again, Mark, like, you can watch older movies that star Neil McDonough. <laughs> but when you're watching a new movie that's supposed to, it just, there's a bit of a cognitive yeah. dissonance, you know? But there's also, like, weird editing in it. There's weird dubbing. Like, a lot of the scenes are bizarrely dubbed. So, so it does it feel, feel incomplete? It feels like they 
Well, apparently, so here's the weird thing. Paul Schrader saw a cut of this like 10 years ago and said he loved and did like a piece on IndieWire about it huh. and nothing has happened since. Is it that cut though? I don't know. He hasn't said anything about this. This just came out to like VOD and stuff about a month ago and now it's coming out on DVD. I got no other info for you. But good, you say. I think a it's plus. not bad. It's like a decent little exploitation movie. Huh. Honestly. It's like bloody. It's like, yeah, it goes where you think it's going to go. I'm shocked I did not Neil hear Mc, about Neil this Neil McDonough is great, <laughs> okay. really over the top. But everybody's good. Tim Roth's fun. Ron Perlman plays like a crazy dude. The lead guy, Jose Maria Yazpix, pretty good badass in it. I don't know. I had fun with this, but bizarre movie. And it what, does, what feel, a weird backstory. does feel like a bunch of people edited it or something. And there's been like redubbing and all that. So so that's it for the Bay Street Video Podcast going out on a lost Paul Schrader movie. I'm serious. Check it out. And, it, you know, it's got those Paul Schrader vibes a little bit. Mm. You can tell. It's definitely not like a film directed by him, but his thematic preoccupations are definitely there. So, so until next week, my name's Justin LeClue. And I'm Mark Hansen. Keep on buying. Keep on renting. Bad Paul Schrader movies. These movies and many more are available at your local video store. Any Paul Schrader movie, I'm down. <laughs> Wait, I'm, so, I'm ready for it. Wait, of the bad ones. The Exorcist one he made. I'm not a big fan of Cat People, I don't, yeah. but it has its fans. You know what? I've never seen Cat People. Did you see the Jeff Goldblum one that he made? That one's okay. No, Adam Resurrected. Yeah, Adam Resurrected. I didn't see that. Do you see The Walker? Woody Woody Harrelson? No, I that never was, saw The that Walker. Was bad. Okay. I think that's why I didn't watch the Jeff Goldblum one because I. You like Paul you know Schrader? What? I like The Canyons. Yeah, you love. Of course you do. Land of the Canyons. Will Sloan watches The Canyons every year. I know. I read his very good article about. It. He wrote a really good article about it from In the Mood magazine. Check it out.